Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Cornelius, where I, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, discuss, chat and hypothesize on all things from fatherhood, marriage, comedy and everything else in between. From time to time, there will be special guests, but mostly it's going to be me and some regular contributors, including my main squeeze, Noelle Patricia O'Sullivan, a.k.a. The Wife. So sit back, relax and enjoy Conversations with Cornelius! I'm sure you will. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Conversations with Cornelius. My name is Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, and this week I've got a podcast of extreme interest for your ocular cavities. But before we go any further, I want to thank you. Colin, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going to interrupt you this time. Well, I, I'm going to let you keep going. Look, you're not known as an interrupter. Do your thing. I want to thank the West Cork Beard Company. I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart. They're a fantastic beard company down in West Cork. And lads, I know I've been going on about the soap, but the soap is in post-production. And I've been led to believe that in 30 days' time, you can clean your armpits with the soap from the West Cork Beard Company. But in the meantime, get their balms, get their oils, get all their hair products, all their beard products. They're fantastic. Shout out over and out. Um... I want to say thanks to the podcasters, to the players who've been listening in over the last couple of weeks um, and the continued support. Really appreciate it, guys. Genuinely, from the bottom of my aorta. Aorta? Is that at the top of the heart? The aorta is is the primary artery going into the heart, so it will be at the top, yeah. So if I was to say I want to thank people from the bottom of my heart, is there like ventricles? Um, you would have your ventricles. That would be at the bottom of the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to thank your atria and your ventricles. I want to thank all the podcasters and the players from the bottom of my ventricles. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring. It lacks a certain something. Yeah, I'll just go with heart. We'll get into heart later on. We'll okay. talk about cardiovascular health and everything, and we'll we'll get into the circulatory system. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I just want to thank the podcasters anyway from my internal organs, all my internal ar- organs. Maybe your pericardium. I'd love to know what where that is. Yeah. Well, it surrounds the heart. It oh. goes around the heart. Yeah. And what about um? What about oh, that's alveoli. That's in the lungs, isn't it? That's not a track. The alveoli yeah. are in the lungs. Yeah. yeah okay. They're these little grape-like balloon sacks that fill with air. Well, I'd like to thank people from my alveoli. Okay. From okay. the depths of my alveoli, um, for listening to this podcast, for engaging in this podcast, for you know, like I got a load of I got a load of messages uh, in the last two or three weeks from people who are really really enjoying the podcast, and. Um, and be uh, honest, Con, they're going, why can't you just do one without Tig? Why can't we just have Dom by himself? And that's why we're here today. You know, I'm giving the people what they want. Tyke has been ushered to the, to the side. Um, and rightly so. Well, I, 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 was, I was surprised. But then I went on to Wikipedia to find him and he wasn't on it. And then I went on to Wikipedia and I found you, Dominic. And Hello. I was like, the people... Who's the real star guest <laughs> Who here? is the real star guest? Look, we won't spend the whole podcast talking about a guy who isn't even on the podcast. He's so. in the room next door. He is. He's on a Zoom, supposedly. Yeah, we just leave him off. Um, but yeah, so if you're enjoying the podcast, lads, rate, review, and res- subscribe uh, to it because that actually helps me out amazingly. And I do, I do genuinely appreciate all the comments and all the messages. Keep them coming, keep them coming, guys. Um, so yeah. without further ado, I'm going to introduce this week's podcaster. He's a regular podcaster. He's a good friend of mine, and we're sitting in his living room. We're just after having a game of FIFA. Uh, we played internationals because of what's going on at the moment. The old Euros are on. And this is not a football podcast, by the way, just in case people think... Oh, or, or a FIFA podcast. Or a FIFA podcast. Um, but it has to be said that we just we, we have just played... Well, Con, maybe we'll get to mentality a bit later on in, in the podcast. We'll get to triumph at the start? We'll talk, we'll talk about triumph now. Like, 
you didn't win, I lost. That's the way I see it. Well, because whether whether I win or lose is all down to me. It doesn't really matter what the other person does. Well, just to bring back to your little um, little quip there about mentality, you were winning 4-1, the game was up, we started talking, we were having a little bit of banter, and I was saying to you, do you know what happens to you now? Is you'll, you'll take your foot off the gas here now, 2%, and I might get one, get a little bit of encouragement. I might get another one, get another little bit of encouragement. And then suddenly... Well, what if I was to push back? 2% is a gross underestimate as to how much <laughs> I took my foot off the gas. I would say close to 50%. You'd, yes, okay. I well, I was phoning it in. I concede to that. Yeah. You thought it was over. You thought it was all over. And it wasn't. And I came back and for all. And then I went to the penalty shootout. And, yeah. uh, well, it, it, just to continue on this topic briefly before you get into the rest of it. This is not a football podcast. It's not. It's not. Well, this this is a mentality thing, right? It doesn't matter what sport I'm playing or, or any kind of competition. If I do my best and if the other person is better than me, I have no issues. Mm. I'll just be like, they were better than me on the day. So you've got issues today that you didn't do your best. Uh, well, I beat myself because <laughs> I was 4-1 up. I was coasting. I had the game in hand, took my foot off the gas, as we said. I defeated myself. That's why I didn't enjoy that game. Like that's why I find that a, a tough loss. Okay. Whereas if you were just flat out better than me, yeah, which I, like it went to penalties. Just in case people are wondering, and that thing, and which which is a lottery. Ergo, the mentality, which you is know, a lottery. Well, if it's not really a lottery, like it's I mean, a lottery. The, the teams with the greatest mental strength normally triumph. Not in FIFA. you know. Well, uh, you know. Anyway, well, come on, we'll move on. Okay, so look, bringing you to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, you might recognize him from Cahoots, you might recognize him from the online sketches that he's doing on his on his Twitter with Tig over the last... Oh, hang on, oh, who's, who's speak this? Of the devil. Hello! He's, he's kind of interrupting our... <laughs> <laughs> We've like actually he, been bashing you there fairly badly. Like, when he's yeah. not on the podcast, he's on the podcast. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit of a fish bash. Just a bit, mate. You're not... You're not on Wikipedia, man. Dom's on Wikipedia, and we were, and like, we were kind of saying that like that's the... Oh... Well, he's on Patreon, guys. He's on Patreon. This is oh. You stay away from my mother. All right. We've okay. spoken about this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I hope that's not getting picked up by the microphone. I, 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 that's the thing. It might, it might or it might not have got picked up. But um, Star the Young Offenders, the Opera House. We're on the Opera House stage every year there for the last five or six years doing the Improv Panto. And um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Dominic McHale. Con, it's great to be here. It's great to be on the show. Well, it's great to be time. here. Great to have you, Dom. It's great show. to have you on the show. Um, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm yeah. doing very well. Yeah, yeah. What's going on in your world? Um, well, it's it's an interesting one in so far as it's a very strange time to be in our line of work, mm-hmm. um, and we've all had to kind of adapt to the current global situation. And I was just saying to you there, it's almost trying not to feel guilty because I'm I feel like I'm a very conscientious person, or I, I I like to have lots to do. I like to have a lot of work to do, and if I don't have a lot of work to do. I will often feel guilty. Uh, guilt guilt being the primary emotion there. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying not to feel guilty about the fact that I don't have a lot to do yeah. when I don't have a lot to do. Because when, when you get something or when you're working on a theatre show or a film shoot or whatever it is, you're up the walls and you're working kind of 14-hour days. Yeah. So then just to be able to actually relax properly and take the time off and enjoy the time off when you have it, I think that's important. Were you flat to the mat prior to... COVID last year it was very busy really it was very very busy yeah between obviously I'm I'm doing sketches with Tig and I was doing sketches with Cahoots before that shooting the Young Offenders doing theatre shows doing corporate work etc etc trying to write my own stuff as well so it was very very busy so then to go from that into almost a vacuum was bizarre and mm. and 
for somebody of my temperament as well, which is like, if I go, I, I, I can't understand people who can go away for like a two week holiday and sit in the sun every day for two weeks. Mm. I, I need to be doing something. After about two or three days, I will get itchy fingers and I'll need to be doing something that I deem to be productive anyway. You're not a Lanzarote, get up early, put down the... the the towels next to the Germans kind of a guy for two weeks. Well, I, I don't get me wrong. I'll be the first to put down my towels next to the Germans, but <laughs> I can't do it for more than about two days. Yeah. After two days, I'll be like, no, I need to do something that feels productive. So if I'm reading something, I'd like to be reading something that's educational or I feel like I'm progressing as I'm doing it. That's interesting. So you that must have, so COVID must have been a massive challenge for you. So right at the start. Hello. Do you want to come on the mic? Just one quick... <laughs> Just plug it there quickly, man. It's just uh, patreon.com uh, reverted backward slash Tyke, T-A-D-H-G-Hickey. Thank you. Yeah. And the I can't HG even get my well, own podcast now. Just with the HG as well, I actually think it's very easy to remember because if the G comes last, then, then the H is then straight after it. I don't mind that text everyone or 10 euro or whatever. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll cut all of that out. Yeah, we? he's gone. He's, he's gone, gone out of that. Yeah. He's gone out of that. Um, but I had, to, I had to build a routine for myself because I need routine. Otherwise, I go a bit... Well, I, I, I just don't find it optimal if I don't have a routine. So trying to put in useful and productive things in a time of... I don't know. Otherwise, it could be a very passive time. Did, when it when it hit at the start, when COVID hit right at the very start, obviously there must have been. Well, f- I know for me, I was minding my kids and stuff like that. But like you were young, free, and single, and you know, just l- l- like no responsibilities, but loads of time on your hand. That's a, as difficult to handle as a person who is sitting at home minding kids, because especially when you come with your mindset, which is let's keep busy all the time. Yeah. I would say so. I would say potentially more damaging to one's mental health possibly i am no mental health expert and the the challenges i faced seem to be small in comparison to the challenges other people have faced but i think having a sense of purpose and for me particularly utility is very important Mm. i have to feel useful like i love when somebody asks me for a favor for instance do you yeah and the fact that i got a car recently i love when people ask me for lifts yeah they think they're inconveniencing me and they're really not. I love being able to help people out. Yeah. And it really gives me a sense of being useful and uh, gives me a, a sense of purpose. What did you do for the first month? The very first month? when Because it, like, it was a bit of novelty. The sun was shining. You know, you've been up the walls. You, And it has to be said as well, kind of like, you know, super successful. Possibly a lot of opportunities about to come your way. And then the doors just to shut firmly down like you know well i didn't find i didn't find the first lockdown difficult at all and i know it's it's almost taboo to say that because of the suffering that was involved but like i found it quite useful in terms of almost being able to press the reset button on your life mm. and and decide okay this is what i'd like to keep doing and this is what i'd like to stop because everything's come to a halt mm. so then you can gradually reintroduce things so you know i was I, I was going to the gym while it was still open and after that then I brought a weight bench into my house and I had a gym inside my house and I had like an elliptical machine so I would work out kind of three days a week. We had a big garden sitting out in the sun, reading. Sounds so like it was, hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was it was a lot better than some situations that people were in. So yeah. the first one I found no trouble at all. It was actually the one <coughs> earlier on this year that really was tough because yeah. we moved into a smaller uh, apartment and our housemate was positive for COVID so we had to isolate and this was around the time of my birthday as well go away so it was like w- middle of January 
really dark, not mm. a lot of sunlight. The weather's terrible. It's like freezing rain and snow and sleet, and we have to isolate. And I'm getting, you know, thankfully some beautiful friends of mine came and sang happy birthday in through the window of my bedroom and gave me balloons and stuff. <laughs> but it was pretty grim. It was pretty grim. And, and this, I think the length of it now is really challenging. It, it Well, it's two things, right? One is it's challenging to, to feel a sense of like, everything that I used to love doing because I'm quite a social person. Like, I love going out. I love meeting friends. I love even just going in and around the city, sitting in a cafe, reading a book with a cup of coffee and watching the world go by and, and feeling like you're part of a community, feeling, you know, you're surrounded by people. Mm. Um, so to have that all taken away from you is, is a difficult thing to deal with. But also having to come out of a situation where you've been very isolated back into society again that's also challenging i, I find mean that the most trickiest at the moment yeah even, just even like i was uh, like even going i have no desire to even go into a, ca- a, a coffee shop um like and obviously all my work is in like my work in ideal con- conditions is inside dark room mm. 40 50 60 people and there's a degree of anxiousness that kind of goes... Not that, like, I have... I've Like, I'll be fully vaccinated by the end of this month. Like, so it's not even about COVID now at this stage. It's not. I, yeah. You almost become um, habituated mm. to this way of living. And it reminds me of that scene in The Shawshank Redemption. Do you know the guy? He's like an old guy, and he gets released from prison. And Jim. tragically, he ends up taking his own life. Yeah. But it's because he's like, I don't know how to live anymore. He had a pet crow, wasn't it? Say it again. Did he have the pet crow? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd become so accustomed to living in the prison and the routine of that that when he had his freedom again, he was like, I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. This is awful. And he was working, like, packing bags and stuff. He was, yeah, inst- institutionalized, I think, is the term, isn't yeah. it? Um, so n- obviously not to the same degree, but yeah. there's a bit of that happening with us now as well. It's like, well, we've been kind of cooped up for so long. Yeah. What the hell do we do now that we're able to go outside? And it, it's not just going to be, a, we can't just flick a switch no. and be back to normal again. No, and I totally agree. And like... um. And this isn't exactly where I, wa- I wanted to go with this conversation, but I, I, I do find it interesting. But like even in England now with the Delta wave and they're after postponing the, the, the reopening of England for another month. Um, and now the variant coming, uh, there's fear of the variant coming into Ireland and it's more prevalent with the younger generation and the younger generation aren't vaccinated. I'm kind of thinking to myself, and I'm fucking comedian. I'm glass half empty, pessimistic by nature. I have to work on my positivity. Um, and I do work on it. But I am also kind of, I like to think of myself as a bit of a realist. And I'm like, I don't think the end is as close as people think it is with the lockdown scenarios. Well, it's, it's not as close as people think. And at risk of sounding like a conspiracy theorist here, I think there are many people who have an interest in keeping things locked up like 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 not names but like like give me an example of what you what you're talking about there well if, if you talk if you take a government for instance it's possibly very useful in some for some reasons to keep the population under your control and mm. under very tight control mm. um like i watched uh there, there's a great he's i think he's a biochemical engineer is his background his name is ivor cummins and he's, his Twitter handle is the Fat Emperor. And he's very controversial because he says a lot of things that don't go along with the the it's consensus. Yeah. But, you know, he's always challenged the um, effectiveness of lockdowns. And he uses Sweden as an example. And Sweden, by all accounts, didn't lock down very severely. They kept most things open. Mm-hmm. They haven't crashed their economy. And the, their case numbers are not 
that much different to countries that locked everything down. Yeah, I have a friend who lives in Sweden. Shout out to David Duff, um, and he listens to the podcast. And uh, just a little aside to that, lots of countries are tuning into this podcast. Dave has listened to four episodes. Countries are tuning in. Countries. Not the people. America. Wow. Pennsylvania. There's a lot of listeners in Pennsylvania. Shout out to the Pennsylvania. I'm not sure if they're Dutch or just regular Pennsylvanians. Okay. But a lot of people in Pennsylvania are listening to this. Do you know that's a slight misnomer? Why? Because I believe it's actually... No, I could be totally wrong here. And obviously there are Dutch communities in Pennsylvania. Right. But I think it's actually Pennsylvania Deutsch. Deutsch? Yeah. As in German? As in German. So I... Because I, this fascinated me. I'd never heard about this before. But I actually looked up um, written Pennsylvania Dutch. And it's very, very similar to German. Mm. And I think it's the German communities who moved to Pennsylvania. America is a fucking weird. It's country, a crazy man. place. Yeah, it's a crazy place. But yeah. like, there, so there are like, I don't, I, I don't know much about the Pennsylvanian Dutch or Deutsch. Maybe we shouldn't be talking <laughs> about them. <laughs> but I do fancy them this year in the Euros. You do not. <laughs> I the do. Pennsylvania the, Deutsch. The Pennsylvanian Deutsch. Wow. Um, what, what, wait, uh, where did we digress from that? Now. Oh, we digress. I was talking about Ivor Cummins and and that it's it's in it's in certain people's interest to keep us locked down mm. and to keep us restricted and our movements restricted and we're almost being like we're gonna you know if if, if i was a hypothetical if i represented a government mm-hmm. it's almost like i'm gonna take away all of your freedoms and then i'm gonna drip feed them back to you mm. and you're almost gonna love me for it yeah it's, it's like stockholm syndrome to, to keep the swedish trend going well we're, we're, we're like we're we're thanking our government for returning the liberties that they took that away. we already had yeah. and in the meantime as well the laws that they passed um, that were going to be short term laws are still laws exactly and, and, and they get away with passing yeah. them because of the the unusual situation that we find ourselves in and I have to say I'm not really a conspiracy theorist either but I you have to look at these things when they're happening in our real time and I got the jab and I'm going to get the other jab so I have no problem in getting getting the vaccine I, vaccine I'm for vaccines but like my only concern is like this new Delta virus comes out and it's apparently if you've got if you're fully vaccinated, it's up to 92 percent um, safe. But what happens if there's another mutation in six or nine months time and the vaccine that I, I have now is only, you know, 60 percent. But there's another one out there if you get a booster. And but Con, that's that's the way we live when it comes to influenza. Well, I've like never the had a, the coronavirus a vaccine for influenza. The coronavirus isn't going anywhere. It's not like once everybody's vaccinated, then it's gone out of our population. It's mm. going to be like an endemic virus, a bit like influenza, that we'll get waves of it every year. There's a flu. There's effectively a flu wave every year that kills a lot of old people, mm. and y- you know it just becomes part of part of life. Mm. And I don't think we can continue just locking entire countries down and shutting down economies. Because of new viral strains. Well, how it can't last forever anyway. I mean, like, if you even look at Ireland, like, it can't, like, this lockdown can't last forever. They won't be able to afford it, you know, with the PUP, with, like, you know, like, all these grants, all these, like, little kind of as- asides for businesses to be able to, to, to keep going. Once we open up, I think it's it's going to be an interesting time. It's going to be an interesting time. But um, I'm not so sure the lockdown is finished. I hope I'm wrong. I was talking to a, a promoter there during the week who was on about doing a festival later this year. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I mean, I really don't want to put a lot. I don't want, because last year I put a lot of work into running some gigs that were cancelled on with the second wave. And I it was so demoralizing, man. Well, they, they, they rely on, you know, the majority of people getting on board with them. Because mm. as soon as some people start to say, well, we're not going to go along with these regulations anymore. If enough people do that, 
it won't we, we can't be locked down again i'm not i'm not recommending that or suggesting it mm. but if you look at other countries where they've come out of their restrictions and the case numbers aren't going up then as as irish people we have to say well hang on a second why are we still being locked down yeah. if other countries have come out of it and aren't suffering these massive waves like the waves according to ivor commons and and many other people whose opinions i respect they're seasonal Mm. They don't actually correlate to when we're shutting things up and when we're not. Yeah. So what? So there, so there seems to be like that would imply that there's a different agenda then. Totally. Well, you it would know? imply that. Well, I'm not saying that. I mean, hardline conspiracy theorists would suggest that the virus was manufactured. Yeah. And I've heard that. that. I I don't believe that. I I but I've heard that. I've looked into that. Well, I think there's it's more not inconceivable. It's not. But there's more. I think there's more evidence <coughs> to suggest that it was a either an accidental leak mm. or potentially a controlled leak from a virology lab in Wuhan where they are studying novel coronaviruses and even synthesizing novel coronaviruses because viruses are very, very simple. You can't even define them as organisms, really. And we'll get into the biology Jesus. if you want because they're what are known as obligate intracellular parasites. They can't survive by themselves. They have to infect a host cell in order to reproduce and produce more viral particles. Right. So it's very, it would be quite simple to manufacture one of them. You'd literally just need a, a short sequence of genetic material, whether it's DNA or RNA, and that's it. And what's the... Like, wh- why is there a lab in China developing things like this? What is the... Wh- why is that being done why is there a need for that to be done well there are labs all over the world that are studying viruses particularly ones that have the potential to cause pandemics Mm. because it's a very useful thing to study it's like well we need to we need to understand fully what this virus is capable of um particularly what its surface proteins are going to look like in terms of its ability to attach to your the cells of your respiratory tract so Mm. studying it is is not just common it's essential to understand these things but like creating new viruses that's a kind of a dark territory it's like creating new organisms ah, you're creating new bacteria kind of you are yeah. you are essentially yeah that's fascinating that's fascinating and that's not what this podcast is about it's not about football and it's not about covid well it could be about anything it Con. could be that's about anything uh, i'm going to play a little word association game with you right before we get into the nuts and bolts of it um I'm going to give you, an, I'm going to say something. I just want you to give me a one-word response. Can I tell you a joke before we start? Brilliant. This? Brilliant. Um, how, many, how many Freudian psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? One. Uh, two. One to change the light bulb and one to hold the mother. Penis. <laughs> Ladder. <laughs> no, Con, sorry. Go on with your word association game. Okay, Animal. Instinct, food, nutrition, actor, impulse, paper, writing, phone, hell, Christmas, family, death, nothing, Palestine, pain, Jordan Peterson, Courage. Health. Essential. Tyke. Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a good exercise. And Con, I was really there, you know, for our listeners. 
I was closing my eyes and I was like, I'm really not going to premeditate any of these answers or I'm, I'm going to allow, well, I can't premeditate them because you're telling me them on the <laughs> flight, but I'm really not going to try and think too much about my answers. I'm just going to let whatever happens. I happen. loved, uh, I loved to, when I asked you death and you, it was, there was a long pause because you were waiting for something to organically spring up in your mind. And nothing came up. And yeah. nothing came up, which is lovely, which yeah. is lovely. Um, uh, Right, so anti-trouble, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think that accurately sums up the man. How long do we know each other? That is a good question. Well, I'll answer it in two, and I'm always accused by my nearest and dearest of never giving straight answers to anything. <laughs> it's always like, do you like this? Well, I like some parts of it, and I dislike other parts <laughs> of it, and that's because things are nuanced. I can't just give straight answers to things that I've actually thought about. Um, We've known each other for, I would say... A decade, if not more, mm. as in we've known of each other, mm. but we've only become close friends. I would say since starting to do the improv panto mm. together in what was your first year doing it? Twenty fourteen or something? Um, or no, earlier twenty thirteen? With the last year and the half moon, whatever year that was, was yeah. the f- my first year doing the the panto. Okay, so I don't know what year that I was. I think that was probably twenty thirteen, maybe. Was that twenty thirteen? Yeah. Was it back that far? I think so. Wow. I think so. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah. Uh, but but it's only in the last few years that we've actually, you know, y- you work with a lot of people and you become friendly with them or your colleagues or your acquaintances or whatever you want to call them. But people who you deem friends, I think I would put them into a different category. And I would actually, I would actually say it's on a par with what I'm learning to be the true definition or th- as close as as true as I can get my head around definition of what I think love is, which is. A real friend is somebody that you don't want anything from them. They don't want anything from you. You're just happy in their company. Mm. And that's that's the same way I feel about love. It's like you don't want anything from the person. Mm. And they don't want anything from you. And you want the best for them. They want the best for you. And as you mentioned, uh, Jordan Peterson, he would define it as it's somebody that you can tell good news to and they'll genuinely be happy for you. And if you tell them bad news, they don't try and one-up your bad news mm. with their own bad news. And yeah. I think those are very good definitions. That's a great definition. Yeah. That's a great definition. Um, I was thinking about that question when I was writing it, and I was thinking to myself, hmm, when, when like, uh, and, and I agree with you, I, I, rem- I remember being aware of you. Remember when I, I remember when a friend of mine, Laura, or a mutual friend of ours, Laura, was doing her first stand-up gig in Coco in Collins. I think you were in the audience. Correct. And I think that was the first time I actually talk to I was just briefly after the after the show that kind of way and then um uh, then we got into the, the panto but I think uh, it was in the dressing room in the panto when we started to talk about FIFA and by the way guys this is not a FIFA podcast this is not <laughs> a FIFA podcast and this is back in 2013/14 when we we started talking about FIFA and I think it's just amazing that FIFA is a video game that it can bring cuz like there's a good age gap gap between us what are you 33 I'm 34. 34. So there's, te- there's a decade between us, but we can still talk and like get animated about FIFA even just now, just before we started this podcast mm. when I triumphed in the last game. Like you I mean triumphed. Well, I'm just saying if the world ended, I'm technically you are the winner. I'm the winner. Okay. You know, um if I never play again, I will be And I noticed you failed to mention the game we played just before that where I beat you kind of handsomely. But anyway, we're not we're not here Who's to Who's going to mention FIFA. friendlies? Well, I think I think FIFA and at a broader level Games in general, mm. where healthy competitiveness can be fostered, 
are not just good, I think they're essential. Mm. Obviously, I'm speaking from the perspective of a man here. I can't explain to you what it's like in terms of psychology of a woman. But as a man, I feel like men need some form of competition. I agree completely. And whether it's sport, whether it's actually (coughs) running around the place and being physical and competing, or whether it's virtually in the domain of computer games, Mm. some form of competition is essential. You leave a bunch of guys alone in a room for a long enough period of time, they'll have come up with some game. Yeah. Whether it's with words or whether it's like, you know, you often see it like, go on, stick that on top of that plastic bottle over there, we'll throw stones and we'll try and knock it off. And whoever knocks it off first is the winner. Yeah. It's like, what whatever the situation is, leave a bunch of guys together and they'll come up with some game. That's so true. That is so true. I and that would suggest that. that it's built into our, whether you want to say it's built into our DNA or it's built into our soul or whatever it is, yeah. we have to compete. Yeah. We're built to compete. I and love competing. Yeah. I actually do love competing. I'm not, I, I, I used to be more interested in winning, but I actually really love competition now. Well, just to interrupt you there, <laughs> I think a great, something that I saw in you is another form of competition that we occasionally engage in, which is risk, oh, the board I love game. Risk, and uh, like, would I be correct in saying that prior to playing it, when we were away in Bali Dahab, you hadn't played it that much before? Was no, that your first? I, game? That was my very first okay. experience. And you've of risk. taken to it like a duck to water. I can tell you. I can tell you straight up. I have it on my phone. I would play. I would play a game of Risk at least twice or three times a week wow. on my phone. No, and it can be sped up to like play it within. 25 30 minutes on a, on a phone but to play it properly like we did um like a game could last 24 hours it could it could last a long time and still not come to any finish but yeah. i think something that i saw in you there and something it's it's kind of a broader lesson is we were playing together it was in the john hume war room <laughs> and you made an alliance with someone or you you promised that you wouldn't attack them in Claire. a particular. It was with Claire. I wasn't going to name her, but okay, you made you made a promise. Claire to Claire. listens to the podcast. No, she doesn't live in Pennsylvania. She lives in Passage West. Claire so is Passage Deutsch. She's Passage Deutsch. Um, so you made a promise to Claire, something along the lines of, "I won't attack you along here if yeah. you don't attack me along there." Now, these these are very you know these, these agreements you make. Their alliances. They're always going to be ephemeral. They're fleeting. You're going to have to break them at some point in order to win the game. But you promised her one thing, and then you went back on the promise, and you wo- I think you won the game. I won the game. Yeah. But, and as, as Peterson would probably say, you won that game, but you potentially lost the set of games. Mm. Because nobody will trust you anymore in, in that <laughs> instance. And maybe nobody will trust you outside of the game either. Or people will be reluctant to play with you in that game again. Mm. And the, the kind of adage that it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game, that's what that's pertaining to. So I, I think you. that's something that kids need to be taught. It's like, okay, you can cheat in this one <coughs> and you'll win that game. Mm. But then you'll have a reputation as being a cheater and nobody <coughs> will play you in that game again. And you want to be able to play. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, that's a, that's a great example. And um, Risk, for those of, of you who don't know, is a world domination game. And I can think up to six or eight people can play. And the ultimate aim of the game is if you're to play it in its original sense, is to, to, to take over the world, take over every territory in the world. And what I made with Claire, and it was actually my maybe my second or third game, our first game was when we played down in Bally the Hob, yourself, myself, Sully and Tyke. And that was a fucking game where we all got narky with each other that day. Do you remember that? Well, that wasn't the first game. The first game was a very civil one. I think it was you, me, and people started joining. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But like we were kind of casually sipping Cobra. Yeah. It was like a nice, bammy summer's evening. Yeah. I was teaching you the rules of the game. Was that the Mayo? 
No, that was in that was in Ballet Harbour oh, as well. Just Ballet the night before. Yeah, yeah. And it was very civil. It was lovely. It was lovely. And but we were like, oh, let's let's get dressed up in top hats and do this. Exactly. And yeah. But then yeah. there was another game which was played outside on a on a garden table with Tyg and Sully had no shirts on. They were known <laughs> as the shirtless generals. <laughs> and it got very tetchy. Oh my god, it got very, really very tetchy. Very tetchy. Yeah. And I'll tell you what happened to me, right? In that game, I brought on lingering anger from you who um be I think if you don't claim your card or something like this after your goal, um, you, lo- you, you, you don't get it. And I was learning the game and you were like, oh, you didn't get your card. And I was like, you fucking bollocks. I'm learning this well, game. Well, that was me being a stickler for the rules yeah. for competitive reasons. I tried to win it. And I took that into the, the John Hugh Moore room game with Claire. And I was like, oh, yeah, so look, the, the thing here is I have to win at all odds. And like, if you, if you make an accord, you can break an accord. But I think... Um, and to, to to be fair to our mutual friend Claire, a beautiful human being, if you make an accord with Claire, just die. Just keep it. Just die. Just keep it. Just die if you're going to die. And um, Claire, if you're listening, I humbly apologize. I will never play, I will never make an accord with you again for fear that I have to break it. That's all I can say. Forgiven but not forgotten. Forgiven say, but not forgotten. And The I, opposite and to the chorus. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, wait. The same as the course. You're forgiven. Uh, yeah, not forgotten. forgotten. Okay. All right, okay. Um, uh, that's, two, that's two podcasts in a row now that the chorus have come up, and th- this has to stop. And we'll be talking about conspiracies as well. So, True. yeah. What makes you tick? Well, it, it's actually, there. It, there's a segue from that topic to this topic. Okay, great. Uh, lies. Deceit. Oh. And I made a conscious decision will say January of last year, so January of 2020, no more lies. You don't tell lies or you don't put up with lies? Uh, or both? I, I, can't, I can't control what other people do in terms of their lying, mm-hmm. but I can control totally what I do. So no more lying to myself, but also no more lying to anybody else about anything. Mm. No more white lies even. Yeah. Wow, um, that's, that could be difficult in general. I'm just looking at the amount of white lies that I would go through in a day with, in a fam, in, you know, have you do wa- the washing done? Yeah, I have it done there. And then run in and do it kind of thing. Like, so you're talking all I'm talking no more white lies about anything. Yeah. Well, and, and I would say since January of 2020, maybe twice I've lied. And one of them I've corrected within the space of about an hour because it just didn't sit with me. Mad. I was like, I'm going to have to tell you the truth there. When you asked me that question an hour ago or two hours ago, I didn't tell you the truth. Now, there's a difference between not lying and telling the truth. Mm. Because to say always tell the truth means you know what the truth is. Mm. Or whereas just you know when you're lying. Mm. You know when you're lying and and not do it. And it has been transformative for me. It's been really important. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't consider... I would never have considered you a liar anyway, to be totally honest. I wouldn't have thought that you would have been a liar, but I suppose everybody, and again, generalizing, I'm only looking at my own scenario, like even with my, with, like with my kids, like, you know, I'd be constantly, <laughs> constantly lying to them, like, oh no. But do you to have to lie to them? That's what, because I don't have kids, so I can't answer it's just this question, kind of, um, but it's more convenient to lie to them. It's I'd a say. little bit like, like if, for example, if Harvey wants to watch the television and he's already watched an hour of television throughout the day, and if I say, no, you can't watch the television because you've watched an hour of television, he he won't put up with that. Whereas if I say, yeah, I'd love to put the television on, 
but the electricity is gone and just out of the television now it's working everywhere else but the television the electricity he's four he he won't understand he understands that as the truth okay it's, and it's a simple way of us of him not having a meltdown and me putting him into a situation of having a meltdown um when i say no you're not having it on because you've had it too much today. well i won't claim to be an expert when it comes to kids yeah. as i said because i don't have any but in terms of adult relationships oh i would try to be as honest as i possibly can um I would try to be as honest as the possible. Alter. I don't find myself in scenarios much anyway where I have to lie because I, I tend to hang around with people I love pretty much most of the time anyway. My wife, my kids, my friends. There's, why you li- you, there's no need to lie. Do you know that kind of True, way? True, but um, I mean, I, I would have always, and, and this was, I, I think of it as a massive shortcoming, I would have almost almost instinctively thought, what's the right answer here? So if somebody asked me a question, I don't tell them what I actually think. I think of what's the correct answer to this question or what paints me in the best light or what do they want to hear and I'll tell them that. And I would deem that a form of lying because it's not, I'm not being genuine with the person. Yeah. Somebody was saying to me recently, they're like, and this is something I'm going to try and work on. They were saying, you give loads of generic answers to things. Like, really? Yeah. Or a lot of your comments are just general. Jesus. They they don't, they, they don't, show any valency towards anything it's like you know um somebody somebody says the day is really nice and i'll be like yeah it certainly is yeah that's a bit wishy-washy or it never gives my take on it yeah you know i i'm acknowledging that they've said something i'm contributing nothing and i'm not showing any you're being amiable towards towards their 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 observation but not giving anything on to it correct and and if anything you know i was i was raised to be very polite but mm. politeness is always general. Mm. Politeness will never show any of your personality. I think the whole point of politeness is to not show any personality. That's mm. what it's doing. Yeah, because you're very saying interesting. you're saying the appropriate thing always when you're polite. That's very interesting. So now, when when someone asks you a question, you're no longer looking for the correct answer or the answer that might appear to make you look best in the situation. You're trying to answer that question. In a truthful manner. Or honestly. What's the day like today? You know, it's warm, but it's fucking, you know. Exactly. I don't like this weather. It's muggy like. And it's almost like you have to override. (laughs) So I'll be asked a question. I'll have an impulse to try and think of the appropriate answer. I'll have to override that and then actually have the confidence to go. No, just tell them what you actually think about this. It's kind of life changing when you're like that. when When you're doing comedy, I think best comedy is when it's truthful. Um, and when you're truthful and you and you put something out there, I I just think the the feedback you always get is always oh my god you're so honest it's it's so endearing to hear that it's so you know heartwarming to hear a a a, a genuine uh, a opinion on something as opposed to kind of a watered down regurgitated uh, sentence just to to be amiable. So and I actually think counterintuitively that while politeness. I think has its place and is appropriate at times. It's actually quite cold. It is cold. It's cold. And you know, I I would have spent a bit of time in France and the French are have a reputation among some people for being rude. Mm. And I don't think they're rude at all. In fact, I think the French are some of the politest people I've ever met. They're very formal, very respectful, but it doesn't have the warmth because of that fact. Mm. So it's not it's it not almost rudeness. comes across as cold. It does. It yeah. does because it's extremely polite and it's very like well Jesus there are rules I mean even using to and vous in French there are rules to when you can use those terms appropriately mm. you know wow that's that's super interesting 
Um, but I, to get back to yeah. to answer your initial question of what makes me tick, it, like lies, for instance, are damaging. They they damage three things, right? So if somebody, if you find out somebody's been lying to you or has told you a lie, it damages the past because you you then call into question everything they've sent to you because you're like, well, if they have the capacity to lie to me about this. They probably have the capacity, they've probably done it in the past, statistically speaking, about something else. It calls into question the present. Because you're like, ooh, I thought I knew who this person was, and now I'm not so sure, depending on the severity of the lie. And it brings into question the future, because you're thinking, well, can I believe anything this person says to me anymore? That is fucking so insightful, They're, man. It's so damaging, Conan. And yeah. like I've written about this, and I've thought a lot about it, and it's like, it's probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And because we all make mistakes or mm. we all think we're telling the truth or doing the right thing and we fuck up or we make a mistake and we apologize and we move on from it. But to deliberately mislead somebody else, mm. I think is probably the worst thing you can do, whether that's in the form of gaslighting or otherwise. Mm. And if you think about it, which I, I feel like I have, and obviously pr- people have probably written or thought about it a lot more deeply than I have, but like your word is kind of all you have. Mm. Or everything starts with the value of your word. Like mm. the reason we're friends is because when you say something, I can assume you're telling me the truth. Mm. And if we don't have that, we don't have a friendship. Mm. Or if, if it's with your, your wife or your husband or whoever it is, if you don't have that, you don't have a relationship. That's so true, man. That is so true. Um, and it's something that I uh, like. Yeah, it's something that I haven't really looked into myself. Not, like I would definitely not think that I'm a liar. I definitely don't think that any of my friends are a liar. But there are definitely scenarios that I would be careless with the truth to um, protect someone's, uh, you know, I suppose protect someone's sensibilities or like with, 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 the, with the boys just to try and stop having an explosion of, of anger with, with, with four-year-olds and two-year-olds who don't know any better. But I think in general, it's a great way to live your life. It's a difficult way to manage it at the start, I'd imagine, until you get going. But well, then it, it, the fight is with yourself. <laughs> and I'll put it to you this way. If you're, if you're talking about, you know, uh, trying not to hurt someone's feelings, which is more hurtful, telling them the truth or lying to them? I think, I think lying is more hurtful than any comment you could make towards somebody. And what about, not te- what about somewhere in the middle? Not, not telling them the truth? Or not lying to them? Well, there's the idea of lying by omission. So lying by commission means I'm telling you something that I know is not true. Mm. Whereas lying by omission means I'm not telling you anything. Mm. I know there's a piece of information that pertains to you and is relevant to you, and mm. I'm deliberately not telling you that. Fascinating. It is. It's not It's it's not a black and white area. And I think the only guide you have is your own, we'll say, moral compass. Yeah. Like if it feels wrong, it probably is. It usually and is. And that's all you can go on. Like, uh, I remember a, an old mentor of mine used to say to me, if something is pr- uh, too good to be true, then it probably is. And it's kind of the same with what you were just saying there. If it feels wrong, then, like, it's more than likely wrong. And once you stop lying to yourself, which is a very difficult one to do, and you actually start to listen and trust your feelings that they're not going to lie to you, yeah. then you can build that moral compass. And I will say this. In the over nearly year and a half now that I have made that deliberate effort, it hasn't worked out badly in even one situation. Even at times where I've gone back, or in that instance, I won't go into the specifics, but I basically, I was driving, somebody asked me a question, I told them a convenient answer at the time. Mm. Later on, when we were stopped, I went back and I was like, that was actually a lie. Mm. And the person at the time was like, do you know what? Thank you for 
correcting that because mm. I would have gotten away with it but it felt it felt wrong in my stomach it was like no go back and fix that because you because you don't want to lie to this person about anything and why would you let that one sit so so it starts with you first of all not lying to yourself am I right in saying that getting used to not lying to yourself so that you can bring it into your everyday like I mean if you're lying if you're if you're sitting at home lying to yourself saying yeah 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 I'm, I, I should be doing this I should be doing that but I'm, I'm okay today I'm not doing do you know that kind of way yeah you'll be grand you'll be grand everything's going to work out for yourself I, yeah go on I'll have that slice of pizza yeah go on I'll fucking no I'm not going to go to the gym today I'm not going to do this like once you can fix that once you can fix that internal talk and be honest with yourself I presume it becomes a lot easier on the external side. I think it starts with yourself. I've I think never I've right. never even thought this is complete I've never had this thought complex or this thought this 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 conversation with anyone. It's it's completely new to me and I, I find it interesting. Um but like I do I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction, which is putting stuff into your brain that you want to be or into your your mind, your subconscious mind, ab- about how you want to be as a person, which will come out then eventually once you put it in enough. But it, it just goes to, like, exactly what you're saying there with the lies. Because if you're if you're a liar, you're constantly lying to yourself mm. to accept your... I think it does I think it does start with yourself. Yeah. Well, there's, there's... I'll say a couple of things, right? There's a great book. I think it's by a guy called Dr. James Murphy. It's called The Power of Positive Prayer, I think. I could be getting both his name and the title of the book wrong, but it's something like that. I'll send it on to you afterwards. But it's basically <laughs> saying that... Prayer works, and I'm sure this is the same as the law of attraction, prayer works from the top down. You have it as a conscious thought first, and then you embed it in the subconscious, and the subconscious will help you to actualize it through repetitive behavior or through directing in the right direction. It's the same Taking action on it. Taking action on it, exactly. And I think it's the same with like people who lie to themselves invariably lie to other people. Because mm. you can't tell the truth to others if you're lying to yourself. I venture to say that there's a lot of liars walking around the place. There is. There is, and I'm not... I'm not passing moral judgment on them no. because I used to do it and I'd say everybody does yeah. it. And I'd say even to, even to a lesser extent, now I'm only just thinking, like, I mean, if I was to be completely truthful, I would have to say, I'm just looking at the, the, the silly scenarios that develop in my, all my lies are white lies. Do you know? Yeah, I'll, yeah, that washing is done. And run in and do the washing or, yeah, or tell Harvey that the electricity is gone and we can't watch Bob. But I think today. the white lies get darker as the years go on. But they might do. They might do if you let the white lies pass. Um, you know, and if you're getting away with something like it's something I never considered, but like I don't think I'm a filthy, dirty liar now. Like, but yeah. I'm just saying that yeah, I definitely would be guilty of throwing in a few white lies that I think wouldn't be hurtful. But I think that they might, they could develop. There is another element to it as well, though, which is I I would like people to tell me the truth as a as a matter of basic human respect. Mm. I want people to tell me the truth. You have to make it okay for people to tell you the truth. If I explode at somebody when they tell me the truth, I'm encouraging them to lie. Yeah. And it's the same with yourself. You can abstract that internally as well. You have to make it okay to tell yourself the truth. Don't reprimand yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't punish yourself for being honest with yourself, yeah. if that makes sense. But it's, it's like, it, yeah. if, if I want you to be honest with me, I have to actually say, Can't tell me what you really think. I'm not going to bust your balls for it, and I'm actually going to thank you for it. Mm. It's not easy to do, though. It's not easy to do, and it's not common. I, I can I venture to say, like, uh, I know, like, we've, in the last, I suppose since lockdown, yourself, myself, and Tiger have come, uh, have got really close, really, like. Um, 
so uh, like you know we're, we're 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 skating around our relationship here now but like we'd have a very close truthful bond and all it does is bring you closer and you become more attached and more caring towards those people because you know this bond is built on loyalty mm. and love and honesty well i'm i'm starting to think that it's actually you know if you take love and honesty which follows which i used to think love comes first and then honesty i actually think it's the other way around now honesty. that you you love somebody because you're like jesus they're not hiding anything from me they're they're really going to tell me what's going on with them and what they're thinking and what they're feeling and i think love grows from that but I that's, love that. that's a recent revelation for myself i love that dom i'll tell you there's loads more we're not going to get to it sure i'll be on the show again you'll be on the show again at some point i'm going to leave it at that because that was that was beautiful and really interesting as well mm. um thank you so much for coming on to the podcast my pleasure as always um lads uh, uh, podcasters, players, if you're listening, please um, get in contact, like and share and tag and all that kind of stuff on social media. Was this uh, supposed to be funny, Con? I don't know. There was a bit <laughs> of fun at the f- at the start of it. Okay. But you know what? Well, if it's a comedy podcast, then we failed miserably. We but failed miserably. But, but at the same time, I'm starting to reevaluate what my podcast is about anyway. Um, like, I'm interested in conversations, like conversations with Cornelius. I am just... It's in the name. It is. I am interested in conversations. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of levity in our conversations anyway. Um, if we're going to try and make each other laugh the whole way through, it's mm. not, you know, people are going to see through that. I also think that, because I know, because I listen to a lot of podcasts as well, I think what people want to hear is, well... I'm sounding like a broken record now, but they want to hear truth. They want to hear truth. They want to hear people Authentic. speaking truth or, or saying, because again, we don't know what the truth is, but being honest. Mm. And if they don't hear honesty, they won't listen to it. They won't. And they like it, it, one of the podcasters, the mind guy, he, uh, he, he listens to a lot of um, podcasts as well. And he said, when I'm listening to a podcast after two minutes, I'll know whether I like it or not. I'll turn it off. or And, and, and it's, it's down to whether he thinks they're on the 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 hosts are on too much they're too much on they're trying too much yeah. they're putting too much of an effort and like that's why this is super successful in Pennsylvania I don't try that hard well they just <laughs> want honesty they just look the Pennsylvania Dutch less Deutsch Deutsch they just want honesty I would love a couple of you lads to um, Pennsylvania just you know you know book some tickets come over here to to Wilton sometimes stand outside the window watch live what do you think we would could set up a little gallery we could set up a little gallery do you know they used to have like uh, I can't even remember the name of the show now, but it was like hosted by Trevor Nelson on MTV. And they used to have it where their studio for the day would have a window out onto the street. Oh, and yes. used to have loads of people out. Guys, we've got a back window here in Wilton. We don't have Trevor Nelson, unfortunately. <laughs> no. He's declined our, our offers and hasn't responded to our emails. But uh, if you want a co- total request or something like that, yep. anyway, if you want to come and gather around the back window, any Pennsylvania Deutsch or Dutch out there. I think there's about there's about 18 or 19 downloads over in Pennsylvania at the moment. Wow. And I'm like, come here. I, I could be writing off regular Pennsylvanians here now. True. We I, don't want to exclude them. They may them. not be Deutsch or yeah. Dutch. Yeah. They could be regular Pennsylvanians. But anyway, you could you can sit outside this window. I'd say about eight eight people could comfortably two. Well, it's slightly four, raked. Do you see the way the garden angles up? So you could have two or three rows, I think. Brilliant. Yeah. The whole lot of them come over. They could. Yeah. They could, yeah. <laughs> well, not all the Pennsylvania <laughs> Deutsch or The whole Dutch. lot of Pennsylvania. Well, okay. Well, let's look that up. Um, guys, thank you so much. Um, if you're enjoying it, um, let me know and... Um, like and subscribe if you're looking for Dominic on 
social media. He's on Twitter at Dominic underscore McHale and Instagram. I'll be getting off Instagram soon, so don't bother following me there. Don't bother following me on Instagram. You, are you, you prefer Twitter? Do you like Twitter? I prefer Twitter. I yeah. prefer Twitter, yeah. Well, to be honest, I, I'm not a big fan. I see its utility, but I, I don't love social media, generally speaking. You're not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. But follow me, but <laughs> follow me but, on Twitter. But follow him. <laughs> uh, I'm Cornelius the Comic on Instagram, Comedian Con on Twitter, and Cornelius Patrick on, on Facebook. And sadly, I do like social media, so please follow me. Uh, lads, I love you. Good night. God bless. Blah, 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 blah.